<laughs> ready? I'm ready. You're listening to Tall Tales and Tattooing, New Zealand's tattoo podcast. Kia ora, I'm Craig e. Lee and I am here with the guys from the Black Mark in Melbourne, Kitty, Mick, Ben and Dan. How are you going guys? Very good. good, thank you. Good, cool, you're all in town for the Wellington Tattoo Convention this yeah. weekend. Are you excited? Very excited, actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very excited. Cool, you guys are doing a seminar. Yes. Let's tell you a little bit well, about that. Well, I'm doing a seminar, but I'm gonna, I've got some input from these guys as well. Cool. I'm going to do a little interview yeah. for you. Yeah, we're going to film a little bit tonight as well, and just ah, okay. composition and stuff, but uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so let's, this is the first time I've done a group interview on yeah. the podcast, so it's a little bit different. I usually like have a plan of attack but this I don't so we'll just see how it goes cool sounds good um, so let's talk about when you started the shop yes um, because you've been around for five years now five years now we just, just turned five just turned five three weeks ago so yeah and you kind of started it as a group of friends as kind of like a collective right yeah, yeah. so it's um, so my wife Kitty me Mick obviously um, <laughs> um, just gotta say who I am um, uh, Fabian and Crispy Started that five years ago together. Crispy's no longer with us at the shop, but he's uh, doing his own creative thing now. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's there's eight of us. Uh, we just had uh, Chris Showstopper, who's originally from Auckland, who's working with us. We have another New Zealand guy, Fred Fred Fame. He's yeah. uh, from Christchurch. Um, and we have Ben Thomas, who is uh, I don't think he really leaves Melbourne that much. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so you've got a good mix of Australian and New Zealand artists there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. We've, had, we've had a few. We had, we had um, Hocko as well, who um, he was working in Auckland for a bit. Then oh, come, with Matt Jordan. Yeah, with yeah. Matt Jordan, and then um, uh, yeah. So we've got the uh, the flag hung up in the shop. Yeah, now. there is actually a Kiwi flag. <laughs> Thanks to Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris has uh, made sure he's uh, asserting his Kiwi presence in our studio. Awesome. Sometimes a superhero cape. Also. <laughs> yeah. So what was the idea? Like, what did you want to create when you started the shop? Because you were you working at Corpus before? Um, no, so I, I was working at Corpus before. It wasn't. Uh, so it was just me and Kitty on our own. Oh, uh, that's right. You had a little um, home studio. Exactly. So cool. we had we had like a. Well, we lived in a shop, so the bottom <laughs> level was where we lived, and the top level was where we worked. Yeah, it was um, like a mezzanine, was there? It was a mezzanine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we we didn't we didn't bother. Well, we, we just wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to do. It was sort of when private studios weren't really a thing, I suppose. It was sort of just you know people working mm. on their own. Really, wasn't quite, I suppose, accepted. Yeah, it just wasn't as common as it yeah, is now, yeah. I guess. But I guess it would be easier because you didn't have the licensing there. Exactly. Which... So there's no licensing right now. We just need council approval and that's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, and obviously some councils are harder to get approval in than others. And, yeah. and, and being that we were in a shop, we actually had business zoning in our area. So our strip was business zoned. You couldn't do that in like a house because... You'd never get approval because yeah. you can't have people parking on the street for whatever. So do the different kind of areas of Melbourne have their own councils that deal with that yes, stuff? Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. Some are so, really yeah, exactly. So there's there's a, in the vicinity of the Melbourne city, there's sort of maybe six or seven councils, I suppose. Yeah. And then as you get further out, obviously, more councils that cover different suburbs or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, you, you, could get, you could get a really good council to deal with where they're kind of... Um, that understand what you're trying to do, yeah, and where you have some who just go by the book and and yeah. and rope you into the same sort of thing as say I don't know like a, a dental studio or yeah. hair salon or hair salon. Like I mean, a lot of them would cover like multiple 
areas. Yeah, yeah, um, that's kind of the same in the UK. That every council's different. Exactly, it doesn't even really in, make any sense. Even in London, all the different boroughs of London are different. Yeah, and like Camden's like super relaxed, which is why there's heaps of studios there. Exactly. Yeah. When I worked in Ealing, they were super strict, and they would come in, and you'd have to set up for them, break down, run the autoclave for them, so they knew mm-hmm. what you were doing. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like, I mean, I think um, having a strict council is is not a bad thing. Um, by any means, because you know it sort of um, keeps the level of, um, I suppose, quality higher. Yeah. Um, and safer for customers. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, like, um, I have a few friends who are dentists and stuff, and I think our cleanliness is better than theirs, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just in saying that, you know, like, um, yeah, it's it. Some councils do make it quite difficult for just just for weird things, you know, like hanging pictures on the wall that could collect dust and stuff, you know. Yeah. They don't really understand the, you know, what what we need is in a studio and because we, we you know, as far as a studio goes, you, it has to look like a studio or it has to feel, feel it like can't be, it. it can't be clinical. Like, yeah. yeah. You want to make with pi- no pictures of yeah. sad, sorry, please. Exactly. Yeah. You want it to be relaxed. You don't want to walk into somewhere that does not feel that way. There's yeah. clients staring at the white walls for like <laughs> yeah. seven hours. Yeah. Tiles and, so you know. Relaxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a point of it being too sterile. That's, I think so. But being sterile is good, but you don't want to be in a sterile room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, I think it's a hard balance. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So how did you, what point were you like, okay, we need to kind of okay, move so, on from this? So yeah, so me and Kitty were doing that for a while and then, um, Fabs and Crispy were living in different areas. Crispy was living in London at the time. Yeah. Um, Fabian was living uh, on the Gold Coast. He's originally from Vanuatu, so he yeah. went from Vanuatu to study, became marine biologist, which he just did that so he could actually stay in Australia. Um, and being, lorded over us for all of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his main goal was to, to do tattooing. Yeah. Um, loved it. So, so he did, he did uh, marine biology, but then... Um, um, did tattooing on the side, and then when he got his full residency, then marine biology went to the side, and he continued to concentrate on tattooing. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, a lot we, of effort to do though. It is getting to Australia. I feel like it is such a roundabout <laughs> way to do it, but that's the way he did it. He's here now, so yeah. Um, but yeah, we so we we talked about it for years, to be honest, and then it just came to the time where we we're like, um, we're all kind of ready. Um, so then Crispy was just like, oh, my two year visas up yeah. for the UK. I'm going to move back. So we got the wheels in motion. Crispy moved back to Australia. Um, Fabs made the move to Melbourne, and then once that everyone was there, we sort of then started to like start to plan things out. And yeah. a year later, we we went and had a went and had breakfast together and talked about what we wanted to do. And I, well, me and Kitty deliberately planned breakfast in a cafe in the strip that we really wanted. So yeah. we proposed it that way by going. This is the area we have to be in. And how did you pick that? Just the fact there was no tattoo shops in that was, area? It, was, it had its own little... like So it was part of Northcote. Northcote's kind of a big suburb, but it had its own pocket down in a separate spot. Yeah. So it was sort of like a hill, um, and it drops down, and then there's like its own little boutique area with cafes and bars and whatever. Yeah, and we, it's just like a little strip of shops. Yeah, it's a little strip. Like, it's a little strip that gets broken up by a hill, and then once you get over the other side of the hill, the main part of Northcote opens yeah. up and starts. So we were so like the cool part. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that the, that's kind of how we looked at it. We looked at it sort of being a little bit more unique. Well, over the hill, there's like 
so many tattoo shops as well so exactly it separated us like it gave us our own little separate area even though we were part of the same suburb yeah Um, street yeah exactly i think really what you guys do you've kind of all got a good customer base you wouldn't really affect anybody anyway no that's exactly it so that was the reason why we chose um a first level of a a building as well so i was like well there's no point any of us having street level because we we only ever plan to like have six artists there four of us and two extras or whatever yeah um possibly a few more but everyone we chose we chose deliberately to have um their own clientele for example so we yeah. we didn't we didn't want people to walk in off the street and cause us drama or yeah you know hire a receptionist yeah, and all that hire a receptionist and you know so we have a we have a locked door there's a doorbell and we've we um wired in a like a like a remote open um catch for the door yeah so they ring the doorbell and they've got an appointment we buzz them in if they don't we tell them we go to our website and send us an email and choose the right artist and then book in a consult or yeah. whatever and schedule it in properly you occasionally we get someone sneaking yeah. up the stairs <laughs> sometimes we do get yeah. people sneak up the stairs and we're all like oh, oh, oh what do we do <laughs> and then um, one of us will try and figure out what's going on but yeah. most of the time it's pretty good so um, by doing that it sort of filters out having clientele that doesn't really suit us yeah so we're all we all pick and choose what we want to do we're all busy enough to do what we want to do you know? well, I guess most of you just doing one tattoo a day well exactly yeah do. So Dan, you know, he does his pop culture stuff and Ben does a bit of illustrated um, work as well as black and grey and it, it allows us to like not have to, well, you, you know, you would know what it's like when you when you own, you own your own studio and it's a walk-in studio and then you kind of, someone walks in and it's, you kind of feel the pressure, like you, you have to Sometimes, give them the time. yeah, especially if yeah. it's something you don't really feel like you want to do, but then I think... I don't, we don't mind sending people away yeah. if somebody at our shop doesn't have the skill set. Like we don't really have anyone with those portraits. Yeah. So if somebody comes in for that, we're just like, okay, look, we it's don't need do this. Yeah. Go see Kyle down the road at Sinatra's. Like we just send all our portrait yeah. work to him. So I think like, like I say to the guys, like you know, trying to accommodate walk-ins, but at the same time, if we don't do that style, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, exactly. It's, but it's yeah, we don't have to deal with any of that. So yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah, we get it via email and. We have a generated email which we just go through and go that's not for us and we already have a preloaded preset that says um, I think the right person for you is such and such yeah and then they just get the email back and then they're pretty happy because they're you know we're not just taking the job on because it's going to the right person yeah. that way yeah so they get the better tattoo and we don't do something we don't want to do yeah that's good everyone's yeah. win-win exactly yeah there's nothing worse than like having somebody do a tattoo they don't want to do and then you're going to have like a sub part a well that's exactly yeah. it and that's not what we're about so yeah um yeah um so when you got that spot you guys did a lot of that work yourself from seeing when you started it yeah. on your instagrams just in painful. overalls and dust and paint and yeah yeah from three the months day we got the key yeah from the day we got the key i was in that shop every single day yeah, there wasn't a day where I wasn't in there. Yeah, so I'd finished. So were you still tattooing a little yes. bit at your old spot? I was still tattooing full time, and yeah. then as soon as um, as soon as I'd finish up, so I'd start a little bit early. So typically we open our studio at eleven, and I've worked that way for God knows how long. Um, but now when I was um, tattooing or opening a shop, I was starting at nine, so I could finish up sort of three or four o'clock, and then I would just work all the way through to like ten. Yeah, come home shower, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly it was pretty hard like i mean and then we um but there was four of you doing it it was four of us going for it and yeah we didn't really have that much help we had a couple of chippies that would come in and do a few sort of things that needed to be specialized like by putting up a, a wall or whatever yeah. 
tiling, we didn't do the tiling, but most of the building is done by us. We laid the floors, um, painted. Crispy yeah. did a bang up job on that exposed brick wall. Yeah, we almost yeah. lost a few fingers. Oh yeah, yeah. we are. Uh, we yeah, there was a. We knew there was a brick wall behind some of the plaster, so we we're like, you wanted to get it back. Tore that down, but it was glued on pretty well. So Crispy yeah. set up there with an angle grinder and a wire brush and just. Ground away for know, hours and good, hours. Good solid day, I reckon. It was yeah. just covered in white dust. It looks like, considering you did it all the way yourself, it looks high end. It looks yeah. really nice. Yeah, and I when you go in, it it doesn't feel like someone just slapped it job. together. Nah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I could handle it. If it was if it wasn't done right, I, I yeah, I wouldn't have done it. I would have got someone else to do it. Yeah, and you're in there yeah. every day looking at it. You know, it has to be. Well, right. that's exactly it. There is still things that I look at, like the corking in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. I wonder how I will cut that out and redo that. But um. <laughs> Yeah, mainly, mainly everything else is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And how did when you did you guys set out boundaries? Because like opening a shop with four people, it's, like I was saying earlier, it's almost like a collective. Yeah, you all got different personalities. Did you yeah. kind of have things set aside of like what you'd do, you know, to be the boss? Because especially with hiring other artists. Too, yeah, it's it was. How did it, you find the balance? I think the balance was okay to start with, and then it kind of. We may have, like, the downside may have been that we didn't really communicate from the very beginning on what our roles were. Yeah. And then things sort of got a little bit lost and we kind of didn't know whose job was what. And Paul's got a little bit dropped thinking, everyone thinking, oh, that person's, the other got, person's got, got it, no one's got it. it. Oh, <laughs> nobody's got it. And, um, so, yeah, it got a little bit confusing and then we sort of, you know, after many meetings of figuring out what was going on, we sort of got the idea of what was happening. Um, and then the more people we hired, the crazier it got. And then, yeah. you know, we got to, we had like nine people at one point in the studio space that really, yeah, when Ben started, he was floating on a trolley and he was rolling all around the place and, yeah, it just got too much. So we said we'd never have nine in there again because it's just too much. Eight is our maximum and that yeah. is still like pretty pushing it, especially yeah. when everyone's got a massage table out. Like yeah. And you seem to have a lot of guest starters as well. Oh, we get a few that roll through, yeah. yeah. Um, we just try and schedule that. Like, I mean, we do... That's the only time we'll have nine is if we have a guest artist and everyone's in, they can just float on a trolley. And usually guest, guest artists aren't picky on where they're going to be situated. Like, yeah. you know, we throw them in a corner somewhere or next to the mirror or whatever and they're, they're happy working, so... Yeah. Or one of us will be overseas and yeah. then the guests can use their booth, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of the time, looking at the calendar, there's not that long without someone being away mm. at any given time. So Yeah, I guess with so many of you, somebody's going to be away yeah, doing guest spot traveling conventions. And, yeah. Exactly. Almost always. Yeah. Um, there's four of us away right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it, um, like, you know, sort of with four of us only, and we sort of had different ideas on what type of year it was going to be. It was yeah. Initially, it was we wanted it to be more diverse and have one of sort of everyone and in terms of styles in terms of yeah. styles but it just never really worked that way because you sort of you kind of like put out a vibe and people really pick up on it and oh, different artists want to work like at that studio and it's typically people that are already tattoo like you or yeah. tattoo similar to you or, or people whatever. that look up to you and like yeah. oh man like you know you guys have opened a shop like that'd be an awesome place I would to, love work. to work there exactly and then so all of a sudden you've got a whole heap of people that do kind of similar work mm. Um, which isn't a bad thing, obviously, because you're all sort of working off each other. But it wasn't kind of what we planned, and you know, um, you know, crispy doesn't work with us anymore. We're we're still good friends and all, but um, it was sort of, it was kind of 
sort of sad for him that he never got the inspiration that he needed. Um, yeah. So we had a couple of illustrated guys. We had Emmett come through and he was doing sort of um, illustrated um, traditional type work. Mm. But he did a fair bit of Japanese as well, did he? He did a little bit yeah. of Japanese I as well. I seeing him yeah. do some pieces when I was in there. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know, Crispy got the short end of the stick there because sort of um, myself and Fabian may have like influenced the shop sort of style a bit and especially because we had Benjamin Lucas starting with us as well at the very beginning and it very much pushed forward that we were a realism tattoo studio yeah. even though we didn't want to be yeah. a realism tattoo studio I think that, yeah very quickly that's kind of what you got known as exactly so it kind of it, it was kind of you know kind of sad for him that he he got kind of you know almost on put on his own because he didn't have that inspiration from well the illustrative illustration um, yeah. sort of inspiration that now where he works, he has, does have that. So yeah, um, I spoke to him just after he left. I think because hey, I was just like, "Well, what?" Because like, yeah, because obviously like, you know, a lot most artists kind of work towards owning their own shop. That's like a goal. And for they a don't lot go of backwards. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Well," and then I yeah, I had a chat with him. He's like, "Oh no, it's all good. It's like I just need it for my head and like yeah. you know where I want to be and yeah, you know, I don't, there's definitely no hard feelings from anyone's point yeah, of view, which no, is exactly. great to yeah. see." Yeah, definitely. Especially over the side of the world, the tattoo community is quite small. You're going to bump into each other. Oh, for sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's kind I of never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's good for him. I'm I'm happy now that he has got what he wants out of it, and you know, I thought it would put a lot of pressure on us, but I don't think it really has. Like, it's we've had to pick up a few loose ends because you know, sort of the things that Crispy was looking after at the very beginning sort of just got overlooked and we're like oh, oh he was obviously doing that and we kind of didn't know that he was doing that and you know but i think it's all fairly good we run out of so, stock occasionally don't we guys yeah. <laughs> but um all in all we're pretty good like uh, we'll um stay on top stay on top of things and everyone's pretty happy and yeah who do you play like good cop bad cop when you have to talk to your artists about serious <laughs> stuff um i don't know i don't i think typically we don't really have to. I don't like doing it. I, I suppose I'd probably have to do it, and if it's really bad, Kitty would do it. It's really bad. Get your wife to do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then Fab just just backs into the bush like Homer Simpson, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, just shrugs his shoulders. Yeah, but um, no, I think we're pretty good. Like, I mean, we very particular about the people that we have in the studio. We yeah, in the past we've yeah we've had a few people that have worked there over the years like I mean we haven't had a big turnover we've had what three people that yeah and I felt like it it kind of like there was it's really hard to balance personalities yeah especially when you've got eight people yeah and you're with that you're with those people all the yeah. time I think that's one of the highest things of owning a shop it is know? yeah 100% if people fall out with each other picking on it or well, picking up on it before it becomes a big thing like, exactly. I had that once at my shop and talked to the artists and I was just like oh you know I just noticed this thing and you know I've already talked to the other artists and they said it's not a big deal and they're like well I'm feeling it is a big deal and it's like cool and I'm glad I'm talking about it now before, before it blows up <laughs> yeah. exactly but you kind of have to yeah just be tuned in a little bit I think but yeah. it's kind of you have easy to be picking up on it day. yeah and you know people get butthurt about certain things and yeah. you know certain things you shouldn't talk about and yeah, we have a couple of vegans in the shop you know how it is and yeah <laughs> you know, big kiwi sitting up the front there who, <laughs> you know likes to likes to stir the pot a little bit yeah you know, but it's everyone like i mean 
everyone's pretty in tune with each so other. We light, all lighthearted and yeah, balanced. Nothing and... is ever aggressive. It's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Every year we go away with each other. We you know, we started doing Christmas parties where we go camping together. And, nice. Um, you know, mid year it gets cold and people can start to get down and tattoo appointments like start to get bit slower right before the end of cancellations fire. exactly yeah. so i mean we've we've taken the initiative now where we've gone all right look the last two years of the financial year we're going away and last two you know, weeks so last two weeks of the financial year we're going away so i mean it's one of those things where you, know, you don't have to go and you know a few of us got qualified to scuba dive so there's a big group of us that now go diving and stuff together and your yeah, Instagrams kind of... becoming more and more fishy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always wind you up because you don't post much on Instagram no. anyway. Like, yeah. I'm always like, oh, Mick's posted for the first time in three months. Yeah. But when you do, a lot of it's golf and bloody fishing. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get, I get crap off the guys too about that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my post is like, oh, maybe you should post some more. I'm like, oh, yeah, probably should, shouldn't I? <laughs> post a tattoo every now and then. Yeah, exactly. So, that's... Oh, um, the social media thing's hard, though, because I get so sick of it sometimes. Oh, yeah, um, I just want to walk away from it, to be yeah. honest. Like, I deleted my Facebook years ago, and then I'm like, just recently, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I don't stay on it enough to be, like, updating stuff. I usually use it as a tool to, like, see what else is going on. Yeah. Not for me to... Go, hey guys, we're going to eat for breakfast, sort of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. What about you guys? Do you find you get a lot of customers through Instagram and stuff? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, like there's a large percentage of new clientele is coming through there um, where it used to be a lot of word of mouth, I guess, have kind of combined now, like, hey, check out this guy on Instagram and using yeah. that as a platform to show your work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like having your email and stuff linked to that, it's super easy. Yeah, it's um, it's so it's interesting when you scroll through. So, so many people don't have their emails and stuff on their Instagram. It's like yeah. how all their location. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah, and it's just like just I can't deal with DMs. Like yeah. Or, yeah. I just send everyone a response. Just email. Just email. Just email. Because yeah. you're getting things through fucking Facebook, Instagram, email, yeah, yeah. phone calls coming Too in the many. shop. It's just yeah. like you yeah, yeah just, just, just do one thing. Email's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, people send me a DM. I'm like, oh, look, man, um, better to email me that way. I've got all your conversations in one spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard balancing that sometimes. So when, oh, hang on, let me think now. I was just thinking about when you first started and kind of who. So uh, Benjamin Lucas was with you when you yes. first started. Is he, yeah. is he still there? Is he? No, he lives in Greece now. Okay, I thought he had moved. Mm. He's officially over there. Just bought a house. They're doing it up. Crazy. Is he met, met a girl over there? Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why else would you lose to Greece? <laughs> I mean, unless you love the, the that, culture, that lifestyle. Yeah, food. exactly. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, he, he does. Obviously, he loves he loves the loves the lifestyle of um, living like a Greek. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And he just travels around and does conventions all over Europe and does guest spots and stuff because obviously you're not going to be tattooing a whole lot. Yeah. In Greece. Unless you like tomatoes. Well, I think like if you're based anywhere in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Whereas there's a there's a there's a in joke I had from a Greek guy a few years ago where he said he was getting paid in tomatoes when. Uh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've lost my trail of thought there. Well, this is good. <laughs> I just trailed off on the tomatoes. Um. Oh yeah, but no, I was just saying like being in Europe. Um. You know, you're close to a lot of big conventions. Over oh, exactly. There. Yeah. And, um, flights are cheap all around Europe, and you know, a couple of hours from like Germany to Greece to. France, yeah. England, wherever. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah, I could see definitely the appeal of why he's moved over there. And yeah. 
you know, and um, Australia is a big place, but it's kind of small at the same time. Like, mm. you know, it does, we do cover a lot of the area, but there's not that many people. Like, yeah. Only a handful of conventions, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, and they're all owned by the same company all now. All owned by the same guy. Yeah, because yeah, so. that's changed a lot. Because I, when I came over, for, we spent a year, I think we came in 2010, and then I think it was probably. 2011 the first rites of passage mm-hmm. yep. and that was really cool and then the Sydney one I think was the second one that year and yeah. it was all really exciting because things were just kind of starting yeah. and like it was it was the first it was just when it started to get like teleconventions moved out of being in a hotel yeah, yeah. and just got into the yeah but I think a lot of the shows before that as well were just shows of like heaps and heaps of competition they were always yeah. entering their work and getting trophies and it wasn't so much about actually going to get towed at them exactly yeah. which um but yeah, I remember that first Rites of Passage, there's heaps of amazing artists from like yeah. the States, and yeah. I was just like, well, you don't really, like London, you get get that, you know, the London convention, but yeah, exactly. not so much other shows. Yeah. Um, do you guys work a lot of shows in Australia at the moment? Not or? really. We do, as a group, we always do Rites of Passage, yeah. so that was the one that Claire Reed used to own. Yeah. Now Kev Mack owns that, he owns, also owns the other ones as well, but um for us, the Rites of Passage is the one we always do. It's an amazing venue. Yeah, yeah. the building's yeah. really yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what makes it special, beautiful. you know, like, without the venue, like, it, it becomes another tattoo convention. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been doing, uh, I can't even tell you how many tattoo conventions I've done. So that one's kind of the special one. And the other big yeah. concrete room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really... Lifeless. Yeah. I'm not really into that, you know, big convention centre type thing where it's all just white walls concrete yeah, floor that's kind of yeah, lifeless kind of what we wanted to do we wanted to find a venue that felt like Wellington yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, was, I was just thinking then well, as I was saying that I was like jeez I hope Craig's convention is not like <laughs> <laughs> just in a white box like everything else yeah. every other convention centre and expo hall um, now as is in like it's an old um, warehouse for like the docks yeah. so they've done it all up so it's all like brick and steel beams heaps of windows and awesome. it's not That's as cool, cool as the Rites of Passage yeah, but um, it's still pretty cool yeah that'd be awesome nice. um, but yeah and that's, that's good I like that yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what the other thing that's good about London the location of it they have amazing artists it's almost like all the rooms and stuff it's almost like lots of little things going on yeah Yeah. it's like little shows in each room so Mm. yeah it's It's easy to get lost in I like it yeah Yeah. Yeah. more interest have you worked as a group at that one because I know you've done it quite a Um, few times a few years ago we have but not Um, as not as a black mark yes we have I mean yes we have (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so too many times now. It was um, our first year of being open, so it was uh, myself, Kitty, um, oh, yes, Fabian, Crispy, really well. Benjamin, Lucas. Yeah, we had we had our own our own booth. Yeah. I think uh, next year we might have to do it. Yeah. Some <laughs> recording now. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've done Black a few Mark's conventions. London. <laughs> what are the other ones you enjoy? What are like? around the world what do you think of like the handful of like the best shows that you enjoy as an artist I think artist? an iron's fun yeah. even though I'm scared of big boats I don't boats. think they, I don't yeah. think they I have do that convention anymore yeah, I think that it's, one's it's over yeah. ink and iron I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. I think the venue was, that, that was it the Queen Mary that, that was the Queen Mary yeah. Yeah. yeah I went to it the first year it was um, they called it the LA Art Gathering or something and they just downgraded from ink and iron having all the bands there and stuff they so didn't they have didn't have the cars or anything anymore oh they had a couple but they didn't have the big like huge bands and stuff like that and it was yeah. meant to be a lot more intimate and it just didn't kind of work out that way so they made it small but just called it intimate <laughs> yeah it just they, I don't know I never went to Ink and Iron but just speaking to some of the other artists who were there all the previous years they said it was you know nothing like it used to be so yeah 
I just, think a lot of the other, uh, a lot of the other people, like the uh, people just coming, were going just for the bands and the cars and stuff. Yeah. So they wanted to make it more about the tattoos, but then it just didn't didn't get the same interest. It's yeah, it is hard, and I think like organizing ones made me appreciate other ones a bit more mm-hmm. uh, especially like the new Plymouth the size of that and just the people it draws in and it, it just made me think like ours is quite small you know the venue holds a thousand people yeah. um, so you haven't got to sell heaps and heaps of tickets to fill it up mm-hmm. whereas like new Plymouth I think they have 10,000 people attend that and it's just yeah. like that's, you've got to do other things to draw people in exactly. it's always a fun one though yeah kind of oh definitely yeah. It's, yeah it's cool Brent just gets the buzz right I think yeah. he looks after the artist but then there's enough for the public as well yeah he does a great um, that's the hardest part yeah. I think yeah. like, yeah. catering for the public you mean both like both. catering for yeah. both like you oh, can you can, the balance. you can do the balance for you know the artists and then kind of just makes it really average for people walking in the door and then yeah. you just hang around for an hour or two and go I'll waste the money and then keep moving. Yeah. But, you know, you want people to hang around and have a good time. and Yeah. And you're going to want to attract yeah. artists too on the flip exactly. side. Exactly. That's what is a tough balance. Yeah. Let's yeah. get some music yeah. and some beers going. <laughs> artists that, check. Yeah. That, that's the most important thing, eh? Beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it keeps everybody happy. Free yeah. beer token on your way in. Lucky Wellington's good for that. Yeah. yeah. It's like many craft beer bars and breweries. And yeah. Get the coffee involved in that. Might yeah, need to have idea. a beer later to um, calm down all this coffee I've had. Yeah. <laughs> bring it up and then bring it straight back down. Yeah. Um, so when, how long have you guys been at the shop? Um, I've been there about a year and a half. Yeah. yeah um, you were getting tattooed two years by... Two years for Dan, yeah. 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 Ben was getting tattooed by other Ben. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Since the beginning, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I've always Ben's been always been around the shop since the start. So Yeah. Um, well, Ben Thomas has been at the studio from five years the other day five, five years the other day so yeah he was there just um, you know a few weeks after we opened yeah cool were you intimidated when you first started um, no actually yeah. wasn't at all because I'd already I was around the shop quite a bit beforehand and then I did a convention with these guys probably a year or something before I started there yeah. so I'd worked with everyone already um, and I remember sitting out the back on my first day and Mick was like I'd so it doesn't feel like your first day here. like Yeah, because he's just kind of nice. being yeah. around so much. And yeah, just fit yeah. right in and didn't have any problems. So, yeah, it's good. Cool. I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you then? I was, yeah. I was intimidated a bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, I've known Mick on and off for a very long time. I, I tattooed Dan before Dan was a tattooist when I was on The yep. Apprentice. Oh, yeah. So Dan's got a tattoo. Yep. In Geelong? In Geelong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, Dan's got a tattoo that I did, Um, I don't know, few months into your apprenticeship, I think. Bloody 14 years ago or something. Yeah. Is that the kiss lips on your butt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you, are you from Geelong as well? Not originally, but I lived in Geelong for a long time. Oh, yeah. Cool. Dan uh, used to serve me a lot of drinks at a local bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd known Mika a long time on and off, and I'd been tattooed at pretty much every shop he's Everywhere worked at, I think, yeah. over the course of the last, yeah, 12 or 14 years. Um so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was I kind of just threw my hat in the ring um, when they were looking for someone. Yeah, yeah so we put a yeah we put a post up for the first time. That, well, I think it was. We did. We were like on. Yeah, that was the first time we'd ever done that. Hmm. We 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 weren't sure how to hire someone, and we kind of had no one in mind that we wanted. Yeah. So or that we knew was looking. Yeah, I think so, that was another hard thing too because you put an ad up and you get so many idiots emailing you. Exactly. And you kind of put One the feelers out. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of difficult because, like, you know, we had, got lucky. 
We, we had, um, yeah, we had quite a few people who wanted a job with us. Yeah. But people are also funny Actually. about putting their name in because, like, if they if their shop doesn't know they're ready to leave, people mm. are reluctant to be like, I secretly want to leave, or they yeah. they're yeah. just funny about it. I remember Chris Cashmore did an old ad once when he was looking for an artist, and it was just at the bottom. It was like, make sure you tell your fucking boss because we're not poachers. <laughs> 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 Man, I love that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we put a we put an Instagram post up saying you need to fill out all of this information and tell us why you want to work there. Yeah, and then you know, I actually didn't really have that much to do with. Um, it was more crispy. Yeah. Did you do uh, like Aaron? formal interviews, or you guys no. know a lot of people in the industry, anyways? You yeah. kind of know if people are applying. Exactly. Who so we kind for... of we we yeah. kind of set out to like. Because it, it does open a can of worms. Because you don't want to just hire someone based purely on their artistic ability. Because if they're a dickhead, you don't want them. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> You've got to spend 12 hours I mean, a day with them. Exactly. And how many tattoos do you know that are amazing artists, but they're complete knobs? Like, I th- you don't I want that. I think as well. Or a bit like, of a knob. <laughs> or a bit of a knob. No, the bit of a knob's okay, but the complete knob you don't want. Yeah, but the, I think style-wise, there are a lot of people with big egos that do realism. Yeah. Like I remember, I first met you at Tattoo Jam in England, mm-hmm. and uh, I was walking around. And I talked Doncaster. to like, yeah, <laughs> talked to like a lot of artists, and then uh, I came over and talked to you, and I was just like, "Oh, it makes like really friendly. We have like a conversation." And, then yeah. you, and I said, "Oh, I'm coming over to Australia." And you're like, "Oh, talk to Claire. She's doing a convention." And then I had a chat with Claire. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that are just like could just give you one word answers at yeah. <laughs> so when you talk to them, and it's like. Yeah, you know, I get it. You're concentrating, but um, yeah. yeah, you're also yeah. like at a convention. Like, I mean, yeah, that's the whole point of it. Otherwise, just go work in your bloody shop. Yeah, yeah. And I was like super enthusiastic. I think I've been talking like two or three years at that point. And yeah, it was like all about it. Wanting to talk to people and ask some questions, and you know, and I think um, yeah, you guys are all quite approachable and yeah. easy to talk to, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you, yeah, you don't. You need somebody that fits in with that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just you, that was the hard part. So when we were looking for someone, Crispy did main like the main brunt of the work and sorting through the emails, and then it was down to two people. Then it was like we all knew Dan. We all knew that he was a good personality to have in the shop. We're like, we choose Dan, and then we got Dan in. I had an interview. I did have. A did you Did you interview. actually have a yeah. formal interview? Yeah, with Fabs. With Fabian and with Fabs, yeah, I sat down with both of them and was it just like a coffee? And a I think where was I? I was, a I was overseas. You guys were overseas at the time. Yeah, yeah. You, you were both overseas. Yeah, and because um, it happened just as we we're about to leave, and Crispy and Fabs were like, "Who do you reckon?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with whoever you decide, but I think yeah. you know Dan's a good option." The only I didn't want to weigh in on it too much because I knew Dan like throughout the years, so I didn't I didn't want to like push for Dan because. I already knew him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I didn't, I'm didn't biased, want that to. Yeah, did. Yeah, I didn't want to be biased in that regard. But you know, Dan was sort of someone who was friendly towards everyone in the shop, and before he even asked for a job, or you know, and those guys were like, "Oh, we we think we really want Dan." We only ever had the hard and fast rule that if ever we hire anyone new, everyone in the shop had to vote yes. So yeah. like the. The, the four of us, three of us owners had to vote yes, and then also everyone else in the shop okay. had to vote yes. So yeah. if there's one no, it's a no. So if it upsets one person, then the whole balance is out, yes. and that person yeah. that's not having a good day takes out on somebody else, and the whole shop's unbalanced. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's cool. So everyone just kind of has a bit of a say in a vote. Yeah, everyone has yeah. a say, because if someone's got an issue with someone, or they feel like 
there's a rumor about this person that could not be right. Well, you know, sometimes rumors come from somewhere, so yeah. you've got to investigate that and figure out if that's the truth or not. And yeah. that's what we, that's what we've done in the past. We've gone, all right, is that true or is it not? And then if you start hearing this rumor a lot through other other people, you're like, oh, okay, there's something wrong here. This yeah. is not the right person. We almost yeah. had one other person work at the shop, eight like a year, even more than a year before Dan, and there was one no vote. So it was, they, that was it. They weren't done. part of the team. Yeah. Let me let me just put it into perspective of the sort of guy that Dan is, right? So um Bench top or skylight? <laughs> skylight. <laughs> oh, actually, oh, no. Actually yeah. Anyway, Dan Dan works underneath we've got a big skylight in our studio, it's fucking it's massive. Yeah, it's and anyway, Dan works kind of underneath it and he was like, That skylight looks dirty and he's just sitting there and then all of a sudden he disappears. And then <laughs> You hear this scrubbing from the outside. And Dan is on the roof scrubbing the skylight. It annoyed me for ages and ages. Did you, did you have proper work, uh, safe place stuff? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of of yeah. yeah. He's actually used to be a scaffold. <laughs> Dan did everything, actually. Yeah, anyway, so we got we all just got back from Bali. Dan didn't come with us because um, he didn't feel like he wanted to come. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> we were being giving Dan this crap for not coming to Bali. Anyway. Head down working. Yeah, Dan was busy working. Someone's got to look after the shop. So he looked after the shop while we were gone. We got back and we were, I was looking at the bench top before we left going, oh, I'm going to have to rip this bench top out in the kitchen and replace it. Get back. Dan has like sanded and varnished the bench top. It's back to brand new again. I'm like, oh, I didn't have to do that now, do I? <laughs> That's a, you're a good person to have at the shop. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I think I've just always had the mentality of just treating the shop I work in like it's like it's my own like it's yeah. my home you know we're we are a bit of a family so yeah Def, definitely Aww. appreciate it you know, anything like you can chip yeah. in to make it run better then cool yeah. I've got to use it too and so does everybody else helps and, everyone you know, yeah. sort of, you know I've always kind of felt like that you know you're that, the shop's making you money essentially that's yeah. where you're getting your living from yeah, that's so right. you know yeah. you should yeah, respect it Absolutely. That's how he gets the the nickname the goodest boy. He does. He has the good the nickname the goodest boy. And he loves it. Look at that face. I, do, I, I, I don't mind being called the goodest boy. Definitely been called worse. <laughs> um, how do you guys stay inspired? I think that's a good question to, yeah. to ask a lot of artists, especially. That's a hard one, especially. Hard. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit, like that you know, it's it's definitely harder for me to stay inspired now because of the amount of time I've been tattooing for, yeah. and, and people know. have a perception of you. You know, yeah. you've been tattooing so long, you're known for a style. Exactly. You know, um, but I think surrounding yourself with the right people definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I pretty much I don't really get that much inspiration from conventions anymore. I used to. I don't do that many anymore because I just don't really get that much from it. I rather like there's a you know all the conventions that are in Melbourne that that happen and you know like I don't bother going to the one in December or November yep. or whatever. December, yeah. But I'll go there and hang out and you know we'll go out for dinner with all the guys and I think it's just um, I think it's just keeping yourself tight knit with tattooists in general. Yeah. That get you inspired and the social aspect. I think so. Yeah. Definitely think so. And just having younger guys around the studio that sort of uh, try to push themselves, which is good. And yeah, I think that's the way most people will probably see it. Yep. Yeah. Try something new. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like, find... No, you do. You do. I was about to just say that um, 
Ben you know, started doing more illustrated stuff to sort of break away from just doing black and grey. And, yeah. You know, it's sort of a... I feel like Melbourne has turned into like a very much mm. a black and grey city now. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, a yeah. lot of people are doing a realistic black every and grey. Every second person. Yeah. It's crazy. Every second person. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to have just stayed around. Like, yeah. It has. You yeah. know, when I was in Australia, traditional was big and then it kind of died off, whereas the black and grey stuff's just always been good. Yeah. Do you think it's because the weather-beaten skin of Australians, it kind of holds up and looks good? No, I don't think so. <laughs> we don't really have that in Melbourne because like, oh, it, true, it's yeah. just not, not that warm. So you don't really get that weather-beaten skin like you would in Queensland or in yeah. Perth or whatever. Um, no, I, I just think because it's like, it's just social media, I think has a big thing to do. Yeah. With. Like it's just pleasing to look at. Like, yep. I mean, you know, it's quite, quite easy to read if you see yep. someone with a big black and gray sleeve or whatever. Like, I mean, the amount of compliments this guy yep. got when we were in Bali scuba diving because he's bloody completely covered in black and gray tattoos on his front. Yeah. And, you tell you know, tattoo in Bali aren't always the best though. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. But also I think it's to appreciate black and gray realism tattooing you don't have to know anything about tattooing yeah yep. true you can see it say that looks like you know that person or a sculpture or this or that anyone can make that like decision but to look at a good a well done traditional tattoo or japanese or something you have to kind of know what you're looking at to yeah. appreciate it fully yeah that's a good point it's yeah. quite interesting definitely yeah. Yeah. oh well said mate yeah. Thanks, mate. Everyone <laughs> just went quiet. Do you want me yeah. back next week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Kitty? Because you kind of do slightly different stuff to everyone else at the shop. Um, How do you find inspiration? I find it in a lot of untattoo related things. Like, I don't know if it's just kind of the person that I am, but I often find um, like staying happy in other areas of my life keeps me inspired in tattooing. Yeah. Like, a lot of the extracurricular activities we do I find super helpful for working like when we spend time away diving or um, all of us have just signed up to do Tough Mudder together oh, yeah. cool. so studio, yeah. like doing a little bit more fitnessy things and just yeah. feeling good physically I makes definitely a think, massive yeah. difference she's definitely onto it there because like yeah. for a while there our studio got I mean, a lot of studios are the same as well you kind of get complacent and unfit yes yeah. just say because you're sitting just kind of get stuck in a rut of doing yeah you, know, you just do the same thing you eat the same shit and you know you don't move and then you go to work and then you'll go to the pub and you'll go and eat this together and then all of a sudden you you realize you put on 10 kilos 20 kilos 30 <laughs> kilos 40 kilos whatever it might be um but Should then yeah so yeah um you know we're lucky we've we've got um fabian mr crossfit um he's yeah. For his age group, he's... Um... <laughs> for his age group, you couldn't just let him have it. No, for his age group, he's, he's like one of the us. fittest <laughs> persons like, around. Like, it's he insane. Is, he's yeah. like he's way fitter than anyone in the shop. Like, yeah, and, and hands down. And handstand. And yeah. Handstands above the rest of yeah, the next age group, too. Yeah, exactly. Is he, is he, is he the, old, the oldest guy? Yeah, he's 42. Um, oh, he's right. got 20 years already. Yeah, he's like, I don't know one thinks he's like that. Well, I've never thought about it like that. Oh, my God. He's almost double your age. Anyway, yeah, so um, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's very fit and he's been pushing that towards us for however yeah. long and then, you know, the drip feeding you, drip feeding us and, up. and yeah, and he's just, it's pushed us and motivated us to do some things and, you know, um, now all of us are sort of more health conscious. We're all yeah. sort of like looking at the long term, like 
can't you can't tattoo forever, but you can definitely tattoo for a lot longer if you stay fit and healthy. Yeah. And tattooing is probably the worst thing your body for your body really, like because oh, you're definitely. sitting there in the worst posture, you're leaning and how many tattoos do you know with a bad back? I complained about my yeah. back for like ten years. It wasn't <laughs> until I just actually took some initiative, started going to the gym. I go to the gym six days a week now. I eat better. I'd still eat shit, but I, I eat better. Um, this is I, a perfect segue to your new fitness app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't ever complain about my back. I don't ever go, oh my back. Oh, I wish I wasn't tattooing. I don't do that anymore. Like. I mean, I had myself to blame for that and I just didn't want to take that responsibility. And now I'm like, all right, it was my fault. I ate shit. I had bad, had bad posture and I didn't move. So no one to blame but me. Yeah. And that automatically makes you feel better about coming into work. Knowing exactly. Knowing you feel good. Oh, totally. Your body feels good. Yeah. You feel, you I know. don't feel like I'm doing the worst thing for me by sitting in a chair all day. Yeah. Where I used to do that. I used to go... I don't want to tell you today. I'm so sore. Like, I don't want to sit there and do this. And now I don't have that issue. So. Or you get home and you're like, I'm so sore. I don't want to sit and draw. Yeah. And now you're yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll curl up and draw. Yeah, exactly. Can't but I have happy. to sit there and draw yeah. and we'll stay motivated that way. I feel yeah. like doing it as a group as well, like, it creates, like, such a better environment in the shop. So you're somewhat, you know, happy to go into work instead of just, like, dragging your feet up the stairs yeah. and putting in the hours. Like, yeah. if you're happy to be in the space, then you're happy to do the work and you're going to put in that little bit more. You're not like, jonesing to go home as yeah. soon as you're done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I guess if you're training together, there's a bit of a competitiveness outside of work that's kind of quite yeah, healthy yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Some more competitive than others. <laughs> yeah, definitely some are having uh, competitions without telling other people that they're having a competition. <laughs> 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 um, talking about health, it just got me thinking about like machines and people wondering about the hands and stuff as yeah. well. And that was a question when I put up, I was going to do a podcast. Everyone's like, Oh, we want to know what tools people are using. Okay. Yeah. So what machines are you guys using? Um, okay. So I have been part of Injector. Um, since the well, dawn of time. <laughs> All right. Since the company since started the pretty much. So yeah. Chris Cashmore, Byron Dreschler, they started Injector through... Well, if you if you if you know for long enough, there was a time where we used to use air powered machines. Yes, <laughs> now, automatic. Now that's, yeah, yes. now that's something that a lot of people don't know if they've been tattooing for like seven, eight years or whatever, because yeah. it was before that. And I, so a lot of the older guys would have seen it like blip and then go. Yeah, it did seem to be very quick when I started. People were using it. Yeah. In the shop I first started, out, I had a huge air compressor at the back with tubes that yeah. went into every room. Yeah. And then you do conventions, and they had like these little air compressor things. Exactly. But it, it did seem to be like a flash in the pan, and psh, it, it was, was gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. But what it did do is open up the door for over returning machines. Yeah. And not a lot of not a lot of people over. exactly not a lot of people know that so. Um, at the beginning, it was pneumatic machines, and I was. So, were the first injectors pneumatic? They were. They oh, were. Right. They were because there was a shortage of um, pneumatic machines. So, um, it was Numa the company, and everyone wanted one, and you just could not get them. Nope. And that was the only one. So, you would be waiting for months, and you wouldn't get one. Especially in Australia, on the other side. Of exactly. The world. <laughs> so then Chris and Byron were like, "Can we make these?" And they made their own. Um, Chris obviously coming from sort of you know having friends in engineering and whatever and yeah. Byron having marketing brains yeah come together and made their own and figured out how to do it and how to sort it out and got me on board to do testing and stuff so um, yeah it went from there and then it went to the point where I went to America and a lot of people were giving up on numers because they were sort of too hard to travel with yeah and, um, the a lot loud of and they were just a bit of a pain in the ass 
But what they did do is um, allow rotary machines to get developed because it was like, all right, well, we know what teddy machines can be like now. How do we make another machine that doesn't require air to be do like the same this? Thing. Yeah, exactly. So then, what happened was Chris cut the back off a pneumatic air machine and stuck a motor into the impeller, and then that then sort of created um, a, sort of a the first injector rotary hybrid. Exactly. <laughs> And then it sort of got developed from there. It looked like a Frankenstein-looking thing. Um, but it was good, you know. We um, we tattooed with that for a while, and then it got further refined and further refined, and then until it became um, the Injector um, V2. That was, if anything, that was masterful, really, if you think about it. Like, um, before that, every tattoo machine just ran on a regular sort of brushed DC motor, massive, big, Chinese looking thing like they're just sort of cheap they're a dollar a motor um, and Byron was looking at brushless motors but brushless motors weren't really adapted to run at a low voltage so they right. required 24 volts and upwards to work and no yeah. tattoo power supplies did that so what Byron did was worked with the, a machine oh, sorry a motor company to develop a, a, a brushless motor that would work at a lower voltage but still be able to push needles and what he what ended up happening was developed a motor that was so bloody good because it was super torquey and it could run at a lower voltage and it was a small footprint so it was tiny um and it i think it really did sort of change a lot of the way you sort of think about um tattoo machines and how they develop from there onwards and i mean if you go back and look at that machine and look at having tattoo machines like well, rotary tattoo machines look like that now you'll see a lot uh, yeah in that same footprint um and they're all still made in Australia? Yes. Cool. Um, so everything's still made in Australia. Um, obviously, the motors aren't made there. The motors are made in Switzerland. They're made by um, usually Maxon or Fallharbour. I think Fallharbour are... I think they're German. They sound, they sound German. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's say they're German. <laughs> yeah, let's say they're German. Um, but yeah, so a lot of them were developed from... Well, even the little... The small little uh, Maxon motors are developed actually from model train motors mm. that have been adapted. Huh. Um, that is, makes I, me so happy <laughs> <laughs> which is I think where, where the problems came because they weren't really made to be super durable mm. so um, the splines started coming out of them and stuff and because you know if it's a lot of vibration it's a lot of hitting and using it for you know, eight hours a day for however long and then they just give up but, um, yeah that's the thing I noticed about a lot of major, uh, rotaries like the stigmas I had a couple of those and then after like a year and a half they just weren't the same eh? I think the motors slowly wear out yeah they do they yeah. definitely wear out they don't last forever it's like anything electronic it just doesn't last forever mm. so um, so yeah that's what most of us use um, Ben uses a Cheyenne pen yes keeping it fancy yeah he does <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, that, that thing is like more of a, um, well, it's more of a pen really, isn't it? It's like holding a big, a big <laughs> marker. Like it's yeah. Like, yeah, it is like yeah, one of those giant, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different feeling because you don't have any of that back weight yeah. uh, at all. So it's all like centered weight through your hand, which at the start I used it for a couple of weeks and I hated it. Yeah. I didn't, I just kept putting it down and just gone back to the injector. Um, and then, I don't know, I think... I just ended up just like trying to tough it out. And once I got used to the weight distribution, then I really started liking it and um, it hits pretty hard, like it runs quick. So you can put it, I normally run it on like seven volts and um, yeah, it's awesome. Gets through everything, color packs well. Cause you line with that too, right? Um, no, no. Oh, okay. 
No, you not, know? No. I mean, if in like the realism pieces or like the smaller kind of illustrative stuff, yeah, but I just don't really like lining with cartridges. So what are you, what are you lining with? Um, you use like the Nero tap. Um, so it's a rotary, but it's on a slide. Oh, okay. And you just use a normal, like, normal needle bar through there. So, I don't know, it just seems a bit more consistent than running cartridges and they're kind of moving around a little bit. Yeah. Coils still get used a little bit. Not as much with Crispy, not there, obviously, but I think between Kitty and Fred, myself occasionally, will dabble coils. a little bit. Is that more for lining? Um, I always line with coils. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll use the... Eclipse to line with mostly now, which is oh yeah, yep, the yeah, new, new injector. injector, which is designed to run on standard needles rather than cartridges. Oh yeah, um, which works really well. It's sort of a slide style, um, yeah, but hits more like a coil. Yeah, that works really well. It's more based off their original, their original uh, injector. The original yep, injector specific. was on a slide. Yeah, uh, even before that, the new, the new one was on a slide as well. Yeah, so it was on a slide base. Like yeah, it was a plate. Yeah. yeah, slid up and down, and it got adapted into like I think it was called the R one. And then they went and they made the, um, yeah, the sort of the brushless motor one. And then they brought back the slide version in this newest, yeah, newest machine. Yeah. For, yeah. You know, for the people who were sort of got left behind and didn't have a machine to line with that still wanted to use an Australian made machine or cool. some sort of injector that they could line with. Yeah. What's the kind of next thing? With the injector that you're working on with them. Mm. The, last, <laughs> last time I was at the shop, you were using one that didn't have any wires. Um, and I was, it tripped me out. I was like, what? This is like everyone's dream. Like, um, Yeah, I can't really say too much, but um, I've been testing a wireless machine for the last year. Yeah. And it's amazing. Awesome. You're going to you're gonna absolutely shit yourself when you use it. <laughs> I did when I saw it at the shop. <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, wait a minute. Like, yeah. Yeah, wires are the bane of my life. I used to play in bands, guitar wires, leads mm -hmm. and shit and tattooing. Yeah. It's the same thing. And I mean, it would change your life. The, the problem I have is like, I just can't find good clip cords. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been through, enough. yeah, I've been through so many. Yeah. And then now I just buy them cheap from China for five bucks and I just use them for just a month. Replace and it every just, day. Yeah, replace <laughs> it a month later. Yeah. Keep oodles of spares. Yeah. That's I do. I just idea. buy like 20 at a time and then just, yeah, chuck them out. But they're so cheap, they're like three bucks. Yeah. It's pretty weird uh, though seeing like these guys tattooing and then just like take a few steps extra towards like, you know, whatever yeah, they're doing. Able to work they're around. walking around half the shop, their tattooing machine still going, what the? Yeah. You're able to walk around the, or move around body parts pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. What's, um, cool. what company's got the one you can plug into like that watch thing? It, look, it looks like a watch, but it's a I power think... bank. I think it wasn't actually made by a tattoo machine company. I think it was actually to plug a tattoo machine into. So I think they, what was it called? I just no like idea. adapted it, it for yeah. that. Yeah. It's just for that purpose. Yeah. 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 Cause Kyle was using one of those. Yeah. He just kind of like had a little thing on it and there's a, just a tiny little wire from his wrist to his machine in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be the go. That'd be pretty That'd good. Be cool. Pretty yeah. good alternative if you yeah. wanted to, like you know, not be stuck with using a particular type of tattoo machine. Yeah. But um, yeah, and there's a couple more tattoo machines as well that a injector are working on, which obviously I can't talk about. But yeah, that's cool. Um, that's cool. Um, <laughs> Keep an eye out on the Instagram there's some pretty, page. There's some pretty good stuff, sort of in development now. Cool. If you got anything, because I just saw as well, classic colours to kind of pop back up. When yes. I, when I popped yeah. those for straight away, like you were working with them on some skin tone. That was yeah, a long, ages ago. A long, long time ago. Um, myself, Fabs, and um, Byron were mixing up our own colour set, yeah. and 
Yeah, then something happened to Classic Colours and they shut down and then we're like, oh, we've lost the best yellow in the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, apart from Fusion, I'm obviously uh, very affiliated with Fusion, but um, <laughs> let's just say Australian made every, colours. Every tattoo artist. Every tattoo artist loved Troy's yellow. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And so is it still Troy doing it? From what I understand, yes. I haven't heard too much. I, I don't really know anything about it apart from Lucky New Zealand. Saying yeah, that, that's, that's where hey, I saw it. We've got it back, made by the same guy, same, same formula. formula. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> whoa. That's, uh, yeah, all the people that were sort of, um, we've been hanging around when classic colours were all the go. And, yeah. You know, um, we made a good product. So hopefully it's exactly mm. the same because they're amazing. So Yeah. I used to really like, they did like a sea foamy green. Yeah. It's almost like the green of that cushion yeah. um, was, that I really like too. Yeah. yeah, I think I've got a lot of classic colours in my arm, actually. <laughs> could be. <laughs> could be. It is, it is that colour. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, ori- the orange and... Yeah, there's the yellow there. Real, and, yeah. Orange is always real bright. Yeah, really it's, still, it's still good, you know? Like, orange yeah. is one of those colours where it just... Especially um, the star bright orange and the... Um, what was it? No, Demoglow one's a good one. The, um, which one was it? One of the oranges. I think it was Starbright Orange. Yeah, it just used to disappear after yeah. like two or three years. Oh, yeah. Crispy oh, running to Crispy the yeah, yeah, somebody... I saw some posts about that, eh? And yeah. they were tagging yeah. companies. And I'm like, hey, check out this yellow and orange. It's like a not year there old anymore. it's not there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was Intense as well. They have an yellow issue with their yellow. yellow. Their yellow yeah. would just disappear. Even after a year, it's gone. Yeah. And that was only like a year ago. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if it's changed or not. But, yeah. So you guys are all using Fusion at the shop? Um, not all of us. Um... Fusion have looked after me forever. You know, those guys are an amazing, amazing group of guys. You know, I really, really they're a small and company. Girls. And girls. Especially Tara. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, they make great products and, you know, they're, they're just a small little company and, yeah, they make good stuff. So, you know, they look after... Friendly, friendly people. Exactly. They're, they're very, you know, based around their little community, which is good. You know, cool. not a massive corporation or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look after us and they're good. Um, not everyone uses strictly fusion. Strictly yeah. fusion. Chris um, Showstopper uses Intense, and you are sponsored by the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, we supply black to the studio, so yeah. Yeah, a lot of the black and grey guys are just yeah, mix their own black and grey, um, which I'll talk about in seven hours tomorrow. Cool. Um, I also just use pretty much whatever I Oh, yeah, and Dan, like. Dan makes his own ink, actually. Oh, yeah, Dan makes his own ink. He won't tell us what's in it, but no. um, yeah, it's proprietary by the sounds of trade it. Trade secret. Yeah, it's trade Mordly secret. Mordly special. Mordly <laughs> special. He makes his own black and grey, so yeah. He goes goes home and secretly mixes it up and then comes back with a massive big batch and sends it off all over Australia, so... It's full of Ashwind eggs and Mertlap tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Squid ink. Crushed beans. Squid ink, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you guys see uh, tattooing going in the next few years and kind of Australia oh, that's a hard oh, one yeah. that is a, that is a definitely yeah. a hard one because um, I was talking about it the other day I was just like I don't, I don't know what, where I see it going because I think it over the last sort of since I was there it's definitely exploded so many more shops everywhere yeah. I think, it's pretty max capacity yeah, I think I, think, I feel like it is very maxed out yeah. Like, yeah it's almost at the PK yeah. well, I feel like it is like I mean to open up a studio now, I feel like you would be, I don't know, Pushing it'd be, it. be hard, just be hard, yeah. hard work to like, to do and to get some reward out of. 
It's almost just over that peak now. You know, starting yeah. to come down. Just on the opposite side. Yeah, like this. I feel like you got to like right now. It's it's more. I think everyone's trying. You got to establish yourself and make sure you're established because mm-hmm. uh, it could get. I feel like it could get harder because there is just so many tattoo artists. So yeah. much competition, especially in Melbourne. It's quite open, you know. Yeah. Like, there's nobody. It's, it's the rules are pretty easy to go by yeah. compared to the other states and like. Yeah, well, I think when there. the the licensing came in and is it just. Um, Sydney, New South Wales, yeah, Queensland, and is that it? At the South moment? Australia yeah. has a registration, right? Where it's not a, it's a licensing of sorts, but it, you don't pay for that one. So you still fill out forms, register, and everything. Yeah, uh, everything has to. So get Melbourne doesn't. Have, so off. when those came in, did a lot of people kind of move yes. into Melbourne yeah. to escape yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. So, um, like, you, for example, if you've been, if you've had some sort of conviction, like you know, you may have done something stupid in the past, like drink driving, or Something very minor, or you it was a offence where you, you know maybe got in a fight, or there's some sort of something conviction, unrelated. something unrelated to to tattooing. Any or small misdemeanor, exactly, and it could ruin your career. Yeah. A lot of people had to move to another state where it didn't have that just for that reason. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a bit crazy. Like when I first read about it coming in and talked to people, it just seemed to be about that as opposed to cleanliness, hygiene, and sterilisation. It was, yes, yeah, very much. It was literally yeah. about controlling. I think. Just controlling bodies. Who who yeah. can get access to the tattoo industry? Exactly, yeah. and and like people that um, taking a payment, trying to trying to um yeah extort the uh, the whole industry pretty much. Yeah, and trying to keep that away. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so a lot of people move to Melbourne, and where that doesn't exist, and and I think by that happening, it sort of created like a flooding of tattoo artists, mm-hmm. and maybe not enough clients, and whatever i mean yeah like our studio itself is pretty busy all the time but you know there's a lot of people out there that aren't so yeah it'd be a lot different trying to open a street shop now it'd be a lot harder like for us like we've all built up our own reputations and clientele and everything like that so that's what keeps us going but if Mm -hmm. you had you know a shop where you have a couple of experienced artists a few young guys an apprentice you're not going to be able to feed all those mouths like Mm. just with all the other competition i think like lots of shops pop up and there's like open by one artist and then they can't get mm-hmm. other good artists to work for them and then they've just got like two apprentices yep. and, and then they just make their own little it's like a tattoo school yeah. basically essentially what it is that's what it turns into doesn't yeah. it because they're kind of forced to because they can't get any other people to work yeah. with them have you guys ever had an apprentice or would take one no, on do you we're, think we're not really interested in taking on an apprentice like we're we're pretty happy the way we are and um don't have to babysit yeah. anymore. We're not ready for well, kids. Yeah, we're not. We, yeah, we don't really want that responsibility. <laughs> All of our guys look after themselves, and that's the way we want it to be. We Which makes it have hard, to. I think to have an apprentice if you're. I, I think so. I think as well. Lots of people just taking them for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they want somebody to clean their shit yeah, or talk to customers they want free or help and exactly. Yeah. yeah, someone setting up and breaking down would be sick though. It'd be pretty cool. Right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, ask Sony next time he loses a bet, <laughs> yeah, maybe you should do that, yeah. Well, he's owed me a few then, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's not for us, like, apprentices are not really what we feel like. We feel like there's enough tattoo artists right now, yeah, to like to, to create another one that's sort of scrounging for work. Yeah, yeah, setting somebody up to have problems later down the track when there's yeah. yeah not enough food to go around. Exactly, there's enough good artists out there that don't have constant work. Yep, like, there's them. actually amazing artists out there that yep. don't have constant flow of work, and you're like, man, what the hell's going on right now? 
Yeah, it's interesting. And then you see like really shit studios who are busy. Yeah. And it's less like, how does this even work? Like, there's a really well, that's exactly high it. standard of, of artists in, in Melbourne. It's yeah. like, why, how are people going there and getting tattooed? Possibly a price cut thing. I don't know whether other I studios think social are media as well. Or well, also social media. Instagram. Yeah. Social media, like, some of these places just like creating this like oh. facade of what they are. And it's a brand, pretty much. Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, people get sucked into it that, you know, first tattoo goers and people who don't know really what they're I, looking I at. I want to get tattooed there. Because yeah. everyone's talking about it. Yeah. 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 I won't I won't mention the studio, but there's one in Auckland a bit like that. And they all the pictures, even if they've got like a tattoo on their thigh, the girls have got like no clothes on. No yeah, yeah, yeah. That's holding really their boobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like really white studio, bleached out photos. They are pretty much only tattoo people if it's their first tattoo, charging like ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't do bad tattoos. They do like all right tattoos, but it's just like that fine line stuff that's like super super popular yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you charge like 500 dollars for two minutes of tattoo yeah 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 they're doing like palm sized tattoos in two hours and charging like 800 bucks yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, it's just like well, yeah just but like they, yeah. their tattoos are good it's just more like i just don't understand there's enough good tattoo artists around everyone's got social media yeah they can see good tattoos it's like why why are you going to these other shops yeah <laughs> but i mean i think that's the thing like a lot of people getting their first tattoo don't know better and yeah, true. Can't tell the difference between a good and a bad tattoo. Or say, no, I shouldn't say a bad tattoo because everyone, well, pretty much everyone can see a bad tattoo, but let's say an average tattoo and a really good tattoo. Yeah. A lot of people were like, they both look good. Yeah. If they and don't have any artistic background or anything, then, yeah. It's like going then, to then a then cafe that looks beautiful on Instagram and then you go there in real life and you're like, the food's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> and you just point in your breakfast. It, it looks like, nice. But yeah. yeah. It'd be like me going to a cafe. I'm, I don't drink coffee. And having an average coffee, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference between that and a good one. So anything you're not experienced with. Man, you you're know. coming out with the analogies today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for coming. <laughs> um, up and coming artists around Australia, who would you say is a person to keep an eye on? Oh, heck. Oh, Jesus. I don't know, I bet there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Who have we got? My bubble's really small. I don't know. <laughs> My life's only this. Uh, ben oh. Smith guy. <laughs> I'd probably say, although he's already off to a cracking start, I think Jaden Pengilly's probably one to keep watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's moving quick. Yeah, he's had a Still pretty good crack, but he's only young. I yeah, think he's gonna do a lot of damage. You know what? I've been tattooing this guy for bloody years, and he's become really good. I reckon in the last, I reckon in the last year, Peter Shooker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. Pete, I've been, I've been telling Pete for like maybe a decade Yeah. Um, before I was a tattooist. And I don't reckon that there's anyone in the industry who's probably more motivated than him. I wish he would stop talking about tattooing for once. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing some good tattoos yeah, though. He is, he's he doing really some good tattoos. Some tattoos. It's like he's, um, he's doing some good stuff. So yeah, I reckon he's, he's one who's sort of uh, doing a bit of both realism and um, sort of anime stuff. Yeah, a lot of pop culture sort of stuff. Pop culture and yeah. yeah. I like what he's doing. I like his attitude more than anything, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I think that I think that is goes a long way. Is um just having the right, the right attitude. Yeah, and you learn a lot if you like that. Yeah, people are willing to share everything with you if you're friendly. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think Crispy's one of those people too. It's just like, yeah. just yeah. like how the fuck did you find the time to do that when he was doing those yeah. copper? Is it copper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. things is like engraving. So cool. yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, fuck man, you're doing like amazing tattoos. You're finding time to draw those tattoos and do this shit. I think what Crispy really um, nailed was being able to move through things 
but quite quickly with a yep. lot of speed. Mm. Yeah. So like he would do a painting and he would like he he would move through quite fast. Yeah. And then, you know, he would move on to the next thing. So he would only spend like two or three sessions on a painting maximum. But yeah. learn from it. But and learn take from that it, onto the next move one. on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Always learning. I think that was a good thing with with Crispy and how it looked like he was he just had so much time but he really didn't. So yeah, it's just like your whole body of work is studies and just getting ready for like this big finale. Yeah, it's <laughs> the same way too. Yeah, oh, and that he's quick. Headless. Like he did my arm in like two sessions, pretty much. Yeah, and we just did a touch up and a little bit up here this year. Yeah, yeah. But man, yeah, he's quick. He lines real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't mess about. Yeah, you guys do much painting anymore? Not really. No, <laughs> not not as much as we should. Yeah. Um, ben was doing a bit of painting. He hasn't done much of late. No, I normally do like a few workshops and stuff while I'm traveling, trying, uh, you know, just to learn some things along the way, doing a little, just a week, little art school or something. Yeah. Um, which always, you know, takes about three months till I get back and stop painting and then I'm like, oh, I've got to get back into it. But I'd, yeah, I'd love to definitely be spending more time doing that stuff. Yeah. We've you talked got- about it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> good talking about, about it. I think now Chris, Chris is with us. He wants to start. He said to me he hasn't really done a lot of painting and things before. Yeah, he wants to start trying to learn. So I think he's pretty keen on. Might be holding your own workshop soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Once well, a month. I've got uh, yeah, more do, knowledge yeah. than skill. Like I've learned <laughs> like so much from all these artists. I know what to do. I just haven't had enough time on the canvas to apply it into action. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, are you guys all drawing digitally? You're all on the iPads and Wacoms and stuff? Uh, pretty yes, much. pretty much. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so <clears throat> for a while it was just a couple of us. and um, Crispy was probably the first to really get into it. Yeah, I was so, yeah. so reluctant to pick it up. I was like, no way, man. And I'd watch Crispy save all this time and just watch him flick through layers and be like, resize and mm, I've got to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah the resizing, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes some stuff you can kind of tell that it loses a bit of soul or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Crispy is always doing his final line drawing by hand. Yeah. yeah. Which obviously helps. Yeah. That's weird. It feels like it should be the other way. Like yeah. Do sketches where you can just oh. like resize and everything, move things around and then do like, like, I don't know, the final outline is just so crisp on there still. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do a finished artwork on it. Like mm. that doesn't hold too much interest for me. But yeah. as a tool for a finished tattoo, yeah. love it. Can't I think in terms of artwork, it's a bit. It's like it doesn't have like you can make prints of it, but it's not yeah. like an original piece yeah, of art. Yeah, there's no yes. original. It's clinical. Yeah, it's odd. And you can it doesn't feel very organic. There's like, nothing even tangible. Even if you print it off on nice paper or yeah. whatever you do with it, it still feels yeah quite clinical, quite yeah. It's some nice sketches yeah. like. Even when I'm on the iPad, I've been doing these like illustrative sketches, but I still just use the HB pencil tool. Just I like that scratchiness to it. Still, build it up. Yeah. Instead of like that, just super clean, vectorized look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's um, it has its good things, it has its yeah. bad things. But for me, it saves me a lot of time, especially for doing a realistic stencil, and then yeah, yeah. So would you? you'd kind of do a line drawing on the iPad and then mm-hmm. just print that to make the stencil. So you yeah. could, I mean, run it through the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I experimented with it years ago with a Wacom and um, it was it was pretty good. But I, it was, the Wacom was at home. It was one of the non-portable ones. And then um, when the iPad first came out, I was like, I'm going to give this a crack again. And then 
started using it and then Crispy got an iPad and he started drawing with it and I used it for a fair while. I didn't really like it to begin with, but then I slowly got used to it. And which is, I'm usually pretty persistent when it comes to like something I know that could work. Yeah. And you know, it gives you. It can be good and bad because mm. what happens is if you have a really detailed picture, and you're tattooing that realistic picture, you can see everything. Mm. And that can that can <laughs> actually that can yeah. actually be pretty detrimental. So now. I'm not so picky about reference pictures, like quality-wise. Yeah. Like the worse the reference picture, probably the better. Yeah. Because it makes my brain work. Yeah. <laughs> because before that, it sort of doesn't really like it's, it's too much detail. It's just you're just copying this detail instead of not making anything up. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I think it is. Um, I think it's definitely handy. Um, it's handy tool to have as a realistic artist, where you can make the stencil, especially because. Stencil isn't five minutes. It's like long, sometimes it's bloody two hours. Like you know, it yeah. can take forever. And then if you've done something, you put it onto the skin. And you're like, oh man, that needs to be bigger, or that needs to be flipped. Like, what are you supposed to do? You, you don't do hand stencil. You do it again. <laughs> you try it twice, and it's starting yeah. to you're starting to lose it. Exactly. So you're getting desperate and you're sticking in the wrong place. Like, oh yeah, it looks good, man. <laughs> but yeah, so with an iPad, you just print it and you go, well, that's not right. Or flip that. Take it over the photocopier. Hit the flip button. Print it out again, run it through the machine, going, that's better. Yeah. Just allows you to not be as lazy, I suppose, when it comes to that part of things. Yeah. And touching on reference material there, where do you guys kind of source your stuff from? Because I think with realism, you see a lot of people that just tell you the same image, go to Google, oh, I want to get like a Frankenstein, there's just that classic Frankenstein. Yeah. It's hard when it comes to realistic tattoos, you can't really walk away from what's already there, because if you're yeah. asking for a photo of something, then... You've got to take you're asking it a photo of something like yeah. I mean that's pretty much what you're asking for but then when you're asking for say say something that doesn't relate to anyone in particular mm. or whatever and then you're like oh, no, I want a girl's face and I want this to girl's face and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I had that problem didn't I yeah like, 10 years <laughs> ago it was, it's like, yeah, Day of the Dead girls when they were a thing and you know sort of there's only so many pictures of those and then yeah. everyone was tattooing and like oh, well you gotta make your own don't you so um, I feel like Photographing your own reference is probably you yeah. know, the best thing you could do. Yeah. I mean, it's not always possible, but um, yeah, it'd, it'd be your best to try and change things as much as you can, just so someone else doesn't have it. Yeah, which is quite hard, um, especially when it comes to realistic tattooing. Yeah, you know, a lot of the times you're going to see that reference somewhere. It's been tattooed before because it's a great reference. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it's gonna be, if it's a good reference, somebody exactly. could have it's, done it. It's hard because you kind of you want you want to do it because it is such a good reference, but then it's been told so many times. What are you giving that person? Yeah. But then some people just want that, where yeah, they're just like, like, like I, want, I, yeah. I want that picture, and that's yeah. what they come to you for. They're like, mm. oh, I want that one. I don't want anything else. I want that because I've seen that. So yeah. a lot of people are sort of they can't see past what they're seeing in front of them. Yeah. You know? So if you give them an alternative, they'll be strap going oh yeah that's pretty cool but they're not seeing that tattoo they're seeing this tattoo of this buff guy yeah with these really shit <laughs> tattoos and you know we've yeah. all been there yeah. and you know they're like oh mate you're not looking at the tattoos you're looking at that guy's body and, yeah. the, and the photograph like you know and people also like if they're not creative they can't look at a photo even if you know our job as realism artists is to copy the photo but they just can't imagine what that looks like on their arm as a tattoo yeah and just like when they see the tattoo already done, they go, that's the tattoo on the arm, that's what I want. 
but looking at a photo, they're like, they can't make that connection. Yeah, so you get them like, oh, can I see what it's going to look like before? Yeah. It's like, yeah. what's well, a photo? It's going to look well, like that. It's going to look like that, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. going to be on your arm yeah. or on yeah. your leg or whatever. They just can't really make the connection sometimes. Yeah. I don't know whether Mick, doing a bit of pop culture as well, finds the same thing with pop culture portraits, but they're really, you are a lot more limited with yeah, yeah. Really especially those movie, old movies movie characters yeah. Um, yeah. anything like that you're really only reliant on how good quality yeah. said movie is or whether there's been exactly. still shots taken of that yeah. sort of thing so in terms of characters and stuff it's really hard I've found a few shortcuts along the way Dan's been I photographed my own references a little bit I also yeah. use a lot of the times like if, you, if you're doing stuff like Star Wars or whatever then the little miniature scale models pretty That's bloody exactly good oh, yeah. Yeah. pretty I've bloody taken, good yeah, so if you, references you just light that thing up and photograph the hell out of it because it's going to mm-hmm. be just as well it's going to be better because you've lit it up however you want and it's yeah. not going to exist anywhere so. yeah you've got the right light source for, exactly. for what you want so you know, it doesn't right even have angles. to be big like because a lot of yep. the time there's so much detail in that sort of stuff because you know people who are collecting that sort of thing are pretty onto it when they what they yeah. want to see so yeah yeah, um, yeah collectibles are big um, yeah. anything like that I also I use busts of collectible bus so oh, yeah. that you you can buy online there's lots of references for that sort of stuff so I use that a yeah, lot for I, pop culture references exactly. if you use that as, as a specific search yeah, you know, yeah. instead of looking up and people that are selling yeah. $2,000 um, busts have got 3D panoramic right. if you want to do a Predator for example don't yeah. look up movie look up Look up bus. collectible busts because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna people spend a lot of money on those and they're pretty yeah. detailed exactly yeah. like I mean they've put hours and hours into those things and yeah. they look exactly like they should be able to move but you're seeing something that was done however many years ago but you're seeing it done right now yeah. photographed photographed yeah. like insanely well because they're trying to sell it yeah and yeah. you're like oh <laughs> look at that that is that is exactly what I need and special effects companies yeah people that do horror based special effects makeup for movies and oh, that yeah. do their own versions of a lot of things yeah. lots of Frankensteins yeah, lots of all that sort of oh, stuff yeah. and they look yeah all that sort of stuff and they yeah. look like they're straight out of the movie um, yeah so their yeah. Instagrams and websites for special exactly. effects makeup artists and things like that so you're not restricted to horror. the movie for example yeah. like a lot of people might think you are yeah. it's, a, it's a matter of thinking about what's out there that isn't that is exactly like that but not from that movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they're my little tips and tricks to the pop culture cool references um what subject matters are you guys enjoying at the moment is there anything that you're just sick of right now oh man i love doing dog tattoos eh? i'm doing <laughs> one on uh on Saturday, actually like i mean i don't i do a lot of them but i just like doing them yeah i love dogs so animal portraits are really cool i like doing animal portraits i like doing pop culture stuff um <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I don't do that. I don't do that much. I do bits and pieces. You do a fair bit. I do a little bit, yeah. Do Not as much as Dan, but I do bits and pieces. I really enjoy doing it. You know, favorite movies and stuff, and favorite characters, and people going, I want to get this done. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. You know, yeah. You're into it. Because you like the movie. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that sort of thing. I really love tattooing horror stuff. Not that I tattoo much of it anymore because people just don't ask for it from me, but I wish they would. Yeah, yeah I think one time I was over getting told you were doing a real sick creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, that's like that's they're hard ones because of how old those movies are. Yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. You know, I told a basketballer and Dan last year. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. want to do any more of those anytime soon. Yeah. Steve Butcher does those. Yeah, Steve. Butcher could go do. I'm those. always down for basketball. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so. good fun. 
Yeah, I like when just the background and the lighting on those is yeah, really cool. The one yeah. that's these don't you just see like kind so of like face lights like in the crowd. Dark backgrounds out of yeah. focus, like depth perception's really cool. So like a spotlight on the yeah. on the uh, figure. And they are very time consuming though. Yeah, they are time consuming. You last. Steve Butcher's got those down, he can keep those. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen hour sittings. Yeah. What about you, Katie? What's your favourite thing? anything Harry Potter probably? Love Harry Potter tattoos. Must send JK Rowling a thank you note for half my income. Um, she's uh, made a muffle of it so yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give her any I'm just going to say cheers um, love like illustrated type portraits of people's pets or any animal in general normally means I get to tattoo a really nice person as well which is nice um, it does go flowers. along with it doesn't it it mm. does people yeah. that love their animals enough to tattoo them top, nice people. top people yeah oh. makes for a nice day everybody wins Mm, flowers. Yeah. Flowers, food. Cool. Food. Mm. Lots of food. What about you, Ben? Um, well, lately, just been really trying to push for this, like, illustrative, kind of like dark, creepy, gothic, illustrative style. Yeah. Um, so, pretty much anything within, you know, where I can put that kind of style on it. Not so much caught up in the subject matter right now. Um, I know I've been drawing just heaps of girls and spiders and roses and creepy things like that. Cool. And yeah, just trying to really push that style as much as I can and get a bit more comfortable with it and hopefully go down that way soon. Awesome. Yeah. Um, one final question. What's kind of, where do you see the shop going in the next little while? Just kind of doing what you're doing because it's working. Yeah, I think doing what we're doing because it's working. We always sort of ponder that idea of of like trying to take over the bar below us. Oh yeah, she doesn't know that. But. <laughs> if um, you're listening, you know, if, it, if it ever happened, It'd be the Black Monk Social Club. Yeah, if it right. ever, um, if it, if she ever did move out of that bar, we would definitely take it over. Cool. Um, but there is no like we don't want to like. There's no plans to like move location or whatever. We love where we are. It's yeah. pretty good. You guys got a good Works for us. Sorry? You've got a good lease there? Um, yeah. Our lease is due to be renewed pretty soon, but our landlord is awesome. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any issues with anything there. It's a good little area, good cafes, easy to park. Yes, um, it is very easy to park. Which is, which is really harder in Melbourne. That was mm. one, of our, one of our things when we opened the shop, was making sure mm. our customers had somewhere to park, because that is definitely important. Easy to get to. Easy to get yeah. to. There's a tram stop out the front. There's a train line like about 300 meters away from the shop. Like everything's pretty local. Like everything's, everything's pretty perfect for where we are. So, no, I don't see us changing or doing anything different. Just keep doing what we're doing. Keep scuba diving. <laughs> keep, going keep going to Bali. Keep going to Bali. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. I'm happy as clam. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thanks for coming in and having a chat and taking the time out of your day off in Wellington. Oh, mate, no worries. Well, the sun's out. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Looks beautiful. Do you want to give your Instagrams a plug? Yeah, it's just at McSquires. At Kitty Dearest. At Ben Smith Tattoo. At Dan Wadsley underscore tattoo. How do we spell Wadsley, Dan? M-A-W-D-S-L-E-Y. Nice, nice. And the short one's just the black mark. The black mark tattoo. Cool. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. This week's episode of Tall Tales and Tattooing was brought to you by Tattoo Tonic, 100% natural and vegan tattoo aftercare salve, formulated and made by tattoo artists. Visit the website at tattootonic.co.nz.